Welcome to Brine Time, everybody. Jeremiah Coughlin here, and it is time for Brine Time, the weekly podcast where we talk about the unusual lives of gnomes. Just kidding. We're going to talk about pickles baseball. I thought I was on the wrong podcast for a second. Nope. That was a little curveball I threw at Joe Simon. Just wanted to get see reaction. There was none. I can't hit a curveball, clearly. Uh, Yeah, you're just... uh, Feeding me You're a straight right shooter. Right down the middle. That's right. You're a straight shooter. Welcome, everybody. And also, this week's repeat guest co-host, the other half of the Pickles public address team, the man with the golden voice. You've already heard it. Joe Simons. Well, not tonight. Thank you, Jeremiah. I don't know what it was. I was on meetings for work this morning, and my voice sounded normal. And as the day progressed, we're recording this on the hottest day in Portland history. I think it hit 115. Like, once it got... 100 i found my voice kryptonite it it doesn't work anymore past 100 so this is what you're going to get folks i'm very very sorry uh i'll be better by the time the pickles play again at home i think uh on friday july 2nd yeah we'll be there and thank you for having me jeremiah thanks for being here buddy it's making this summer just so much more tolerable to have you around it's already fourth of july it's almost over I know. We're in it. We're in it to win it. That brings us to the Pickle Report. Pickle Report. Well, strikes and gutters for the old Pickles last week. You know, the old uh, three-game sweep from the hated Corvallis Knights. Was, the loathsome. Oof, that was a tough pill to swallow. None of those games were even really close. I mean, wasn't they were the, in a... Wasn't the know. first one close? Yes, you're right. The first one was close. But then the other two, yeah, not so much. Not so much. But then they righted the ship. They got, you know, a series win, which might be, you know, under the tutelage of Coach Mark Magdaleno. That could be their first, at least their first home series win. So that's something to hang your hat on. And, you know, now they looked great. We had a walk-off last night. You can't ever complain about extra inning walk-off. That always feels good for everybody involved, except for the team that loses. Everybody except half. (laughs) Half. Everybody except for half, exactly. Um, You know, and we got, there's a lot of kids on the roster. I don't know if you've noticed, but... Buddy, that bullpen is full. They took an approach this year, and I'm not exactly sure, because I went and looked at the 2019 roster, Joseph, and Uh it's there's half as many pitchers on the list. And I was like, oh, this can't be right. Because for whatever reason, the West Coast League site automatically takes you to the 2019 roster. And so then I went up and I clicked on the 2021. And there's twice as many kids, literally wow. twice as many kids. So I'm not really sure. I mean, I know that they have kids come and go. And 
some of them don't have the the availability to be here all summer and you know i understand that that happens and i think they're preparing for that in a way but at this point there are a ton of kids on the roster i and wonder so that's hard if to sort out well that's the thing i wonder if it's tough for mags like at a certain point do you have so many kids that you're trying to get playing time that it kind of messes with what you actually want to do from a win-loss perspective. And I wonder if, as the season goes on, that will sort itself out a little bit because, like you said, maybe some of the kids are only here for a month. Maybe maybe they got to get back to their school a little bit earlier than others. Um, maybe there's you know a variety of reasons as you try to whittle it down because it is sort of a balancing act between, okay, we want to win games and put a good product on for the fans, but these kids are here to stay sharp. You know, Winning is fun, but these kids are here to kind of continue their whole college progression here. Um, by the way, Jeremiah, do you know that the Knights are on a seven-game winning streak right now? I just pulled up the West Coast League standings. I have them in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I seven. did see that. That's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good clip. You don't Look, see that a lot at this, uh, this level. Despite that, the Pickles are still in the thick of it. They're in third place in the South Division. And, uh, you know, they're looking up at the Raptors and the Knights and uh, just a couple more wins. They'll get right back in the race. I'm not worried at all. Not at all. Well, and this is, to remind folks, this is also West Coast League Baseball where you can win the first half or you can win the second half. Excellent point. And either one gets you a, a spot in the playoffs. Yep. So with all of the roster moves and everything else going on, you know, it makes sense that it might take us a little bit to get it figured out, but there's always hope, right? We're not even near the the end of the first half. I think it's the second week in July or something like that. So plenty of plenty, plenty of time to get it figured out. Where are you seeing the standings, by the way? Where do you see that? So you just go to uh, the West Coast League. It's actually yes. under like stats. Stats. Yeah. There we go. There it is. Great job. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven and eight. Well, it'll be good to get out. It'll be good to get out to Wenatchee and get back over five hundred, though. That would be. That would Absolutely. be ideal. I'm into that. So, hopefully, little road trip, get everybody back on board. Big series on the road against Wenatchee this week. We'll get it. We'll get it figured out when they come back. And then we've got non-league stuff this weekend. And then Cowlitz. Cowlitz. The Bears? week after that. The Cowlitz Black Bears. Mm. Roar. That's a pickle report. Yeah, that was good. I liked it. Great. All right, pickle of the week. Ivan Luna, Joseph, you Luna. missed it. Luna, there you go. Give it that Joe Simon's treatment. What I miss? Uh, well, he hit uh, the game tying home run last night. He hit a bomb to deep center, the biggest part of the ballpark, over the tall fence, tied it up, sent it to extras. It was in the eighth. Sent it to extras, and then 
yeah, just fundamental baseball after that. We we got a guy got hit. We got a couple knocks. Before you know it, slice one down the first baseline, bring it in, pickles, pickles, pickles. But it was all thanks to this young man, Ivan Luna. He's a junior out of Fresno State University. And bulldog. you know, he's a bulldog. He's had some he's had some success, you know. His stat line is not anything incredible, but he came through in the clutch, and that's really that's what gets you pickle of the week, you know? You don't gotta convince me. Look, you 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 wield a lot of power in this podcast, deciding the pickle of the week. And apparently clutch dingers, pickles be unnoticed. Now you know what it's gonna take. Clutch dingers earn you pickle of the week. Is there is there is there some sort of medallion or like some sort of championship belt that they can wear around the dugout? Have we have we gone this far yet? That might be something to That'd consider. That'd be a good idea. Like they a patch also, you can wear. They seem to not really care at all about whether they're pickle of the week or well, not. Like they're, those they're pitchers, all, you know, they're all eighteen like, to twenty. I was like, hey, you guys are pickle of the week. They're like, what's that? Yeah. I was like, well, there's just this this thing. They're like, can we get a sandwich? I was like, yeah, I'll buy you a sandwich. How about that? That's what I'll do. I'll get you because that they'll be interested in food. They're yeah. Most of the time when I'm looking for one of them to talk to them, they are at the food cart across the street. But I okay. <laughs> that reminds me. I was running to the bathroom before the game started. Before because I got to go on the mic like 20 minutes early, so I got to run to the bathroom. Brad McVeigh was coming out of the bathroom. Is that kid Paul Bunyan? I I couldn't believe how. Now look, I'm a slight fella. Five eight, okay, that's fine. Brad McVeigh was four feet taller than me. I don't know how tall that guy is. <laughs> I'm I'm just so glad I thought of that random memory. Sorry, continue. No, in he's I don't think he's that tall. He's just lanky. He's like all arms and legs. He's a hundred percent arms and legs. He's like a Gumby character. That's what you want out of a pitcher. He does great. The McVeigh boy. The McVeigh Maybe he's boy. mad because I'm participating in the McVeigh boy talk. He doesn't mind that, does he? No, he likes it. Okay, good. He, he likes being the McVeigh boy. Well, the Luna boy, Ivan. Luna. Luna. I don't do it right, but you got it. You got it. It was great. Congrats, Ivan. And he's like he's a, he's like an unassuming, he's like a very quiet guy. Yeah. Is he too like, quiet to tell me that I've been mispronouncing his name the whole season? Is it Ivan? Well, that's what it says. Well, as what opposed to... As opposed to like Yvonne. Oh. I don't know. Right. Something to chew on. Let's find out. Let's let's, let's find out. Deeper in this. When I when I go talk to him and present him with the pickle of the week championship strap that you now <laughs> will The Intercontinental uh, Pickle of the Week. <laughs> yes. We'll find out if it is if it is Yvonne Luna. Joe Simons, you don't have any pickles. Should we run with the pickles or? Yeah, what do you got? Do you want to talk about it? Sure. Should I shame you for your lack of pickles and lack of shirt, just like Blazer Todd did? He was. I think. I think he was into it. Todd, it's 115. You're lucky I'm wearing shorts. Um, this is an interesting thing. These just showed up in my refrigerator. They're from the wonderful people at Mount Olive, and they're called Munchies. And then under that, it says the portable pickle. Munchies, the portable uh, pickle. Cold I think all pickles. Chips. Uh, I, th- I think all pickles might be portable. 
I feel like you got a point there, but don't. But it's got a resealable. It's don't. a resealable, and it, they come in an envelope, Joe. Mm-hmm. And if you if you decide that you've had enough pickle, and you, <laughs> folks, I can see what just happened to Jeremiah. Imagine you're ripping open a bag of beef jerky, but it's pickles, and some of the pickle juice just got him straight in the eye. Was right highly... in the eyeballs. You are it a is. comedian. That was that was very funny. It was. It didn't feel very funny because it says right on that these are made with sea salt. So Ooh. I have sea salt pickle brine in my eyes now. Uh. But it, um, yeah. So imagine you're on the road and you you feel like you've had enough pickle, and then you just you got a little a little zipper. There's a little. A little zip zip here. Good ASMR right you, there. You just zip them back up. Yeah. And uh, go on your way. What does it look like? Take one out so I can see it. No, oh, they're just a little. It's just a little cut up. Just a little cut up pickle chip. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just uh, kosher dill chips. Cucumber. Oh, at the oh, there's a little street sign. The corner of cucumber and vine. That's where my first apartment was. Yeah, Hollywood Hills. Well, talk me through what you're happening, folks. I don't have these pickles. Pickles just don't show up in my fridge, so yeah, I didn't get any. Jeremiah, we what do you think? Drop the ball. I got a special treat for him next week when we get the pickle juice sport. But right now, these are really good. These are. I think it's the sea salt. These have a very good level of vinegar. See, that's the thing. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode. Where Liam made me eat some really gross pickles. Those were the worst. He, he made you? He did tie you to a chair and... Well, it was pickle of the week. Sure. You know. No, it wasn't like a clockwork orange sort of scenery. <laughs> kind of what I envisioned. Yeah. Why do you go there? Why does there have to be restraint involved? Because it's hot, and I'm thinking very, very like incorrectly today. My brain is only operating like 75% right now. That might be, I think that's fair. No, what happened was, you know, I just said, what kind of pickles do you have? And he said, oh, I just bought these. Check them out. So I went to the store and I got the same kind of pickles. And they were terrible. So, and I blame, I blame Liam for all. We already know about last week's pickles. Did you guys? These pickles are. A triple. Is that the highest rating you've ever given? I don't think I've ever heard you give a triple. I think maybe when we had like the Moonbrine ones, mm. I think I gave those a triple. Those were, but those were like an artisanal. Sure. It was like five dollars a pickle, which pickles are supposed to be cheap. Right. I mean, that's really the beauty of it. It's the like, idea. Yeah, it's it's old food that someone soaked in vinegar. Yeah. It's not supposed to be expensive. It must be a wartime food, right? It does seem like that. Yeah, it's like corned beef or something where it's like, right. oh, we just we put it in a pot for yeah. a week and then we came back and ate it. And it really wasn't that bad. This can it's sort keep of an accident for years, wherever in any sort of environment you can eat it and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, these pickled portable pickles, munchies, kosher dill, dill chips. Delicious. Big fan. I'm going to have a couple more. I maybe spill some of them on myself. All right. Mount Olive Munchies. Ivan. Luna. 
Do it, Joe. Give it the Luna. There we go. You are our pickles of the week. We salute you. Thank you for all you do. Pickle of the week. In the can. Canned it. In your can. Hey folks, this week's Brine Time is brought to you by Kraken Strength. Never heard of them? Well, Kraken Strength is the premier strength and conditioning facility in the Portland area. They offer group fitness classes, advanced competitive and sports specific training. At Kraken Strength, you'll find a community of fitness, knowledgeable staff, and the support you need to successfully meet your goals, no matter what level of fitness you're starting out at. They're located in Tigard, Oregon, and you can check them out at krakenstrength.com. Be sure to tell them the Brian Time Boys sent you. House Wine is a proud partner of Brian Time, lovingly produced in Walla Walla, Washington, by winemaker Hal Langvoit. For every case sold of their Rainbow Edition Sparkling Rosé, they donate $2 to the Human Rights Campaign. Thank you for your support of the show to House Wine. Fear and Loathing in Tacoma is the newest podcast from comedian Jeremiah Coughlin, where he interviews rock stars, comedians, and generally interesting people about their psychedelic experiences. New episodes every Friday. Check it out on Podcast Republic, iTunes, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes terrifying, always interesting. This is Fear and Loathing. Time now for our Inside the Jar segment, where Joe and I caught up with Blazer Todd Bosma, Director of Game Operations for the Portland Trailblazers. We met him out at Blazer Night at Walker Stadium. Great guy, has a real passion for sports and a real knowledge of the behind the scenes that goes on. Really fun to talk to, so enjoy. There, this weekend, let's put it that way. And, you know, the Pickles won both games, so I can't regret it. But it was so undefeated when Joe's in Sun River. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to put it in his contract. And they got (laughs) swept. They got swept by the Knights when I was in town. So, you you know, (laughs) could be an issue. That's right. That's right. So you could be the most important player the Pickles have by just not showing up. (laughs) Exactly. I'll have to to tell Ross about this. See what he says. Yeah. See how he feels about it. (laughs) Value by omission. That's right. Joe Simons. That's who you are. All right. So I want to say, and I feel weird calling you Blazer Todd, but I feel like that's... No, that's... I I don't know. I feel weird not calling him Blazer Todd. He's an adult. (laughs) It's true. Either way, I've been called worse, so whatever you want to do is fine. Todd Bosma. Yeah, Bosma. Pronounce the S like it's a Z. Bosma. Like Brian Bosworth? Yeah, Bosma. Brian Bosworth. Your name's Todd Bosworth. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Todd Bosma. There you go. All right. Well, tell tell me a little bit about how you became Blazer Todd and just exactly what a person in your role does what is it director of game operations tell me about tell me how you end up being a director of game operations and and how that became who blazer todd is sure well it's it's sort of a convoluted and weird roundabout story i'll give you the cliff notes version so i i grew up in new york 
and so I grew up going to basketball camps up in the Adirondack Mountains uh, of New York, which is beautiful country. And this is back in the day before the NBA had their, I guess, marketing territory rules because the guy who ran the basketball camps was the guy who was owned owned the Dallas Mavericks before Mark Cuban. So he would have this random basketball camp up in the Adirondack Mountains of New York, and he would bring some players up there, and it was like a week-long sleepaway camp. So I went to that camp all growing up, and then when I got to be too old to be a camper, they asked me to be on staff. So I was on staff there for a little bit. And so the story gets to the point of I was coming out of my senior year in college, uh, excuse me, my junior year in college, I talked, did this basketball camp my summer prior to my senior year, got to know a bunch of people from Dallas. And they're like, hey, when you graduate school, come be an intern with the Mavericks. You can come stay with me. We'll have a great time, uh, pretty much in the right place at the right time. So I talked to the guy's name was Norm Sanju. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm going to graduate college. Would love to get a job in sports. Talk to some people here. They've offered me a place to stay. How about I come on down and be an intern for the Mavericks as soon as I graduate college? He says, would love to do it. However, the Mavericks organization, we just want to focus on local people. So we give all of our internships to people inside the Dallas metro area. But I know a few people in the New Jersey Nets organization. So let me make a few calls on your behalf. So randomly, I have the owner of the Dallas Mavericks calling the New Jersey Nets for this kid just graduating college, say, hey, can you get him a job or give him an internship when he gets out of school? So granted, they got they found a spot for me and I started in public relations of all places. So uh, my first job as an intern with the New Jersey Nets was I was in charge of what they called the Dailing Clippings. And this is back in, geez, 96 or so. So this is pre all newspapers being on the Internet. And so my job when I was driving into East Rutherford, New Jersey, was to stop at a corner store and get eight different newspapers all around the tri-state area. And I would have to go page by page and looking through any sort of mention of the New Jersey Nets, a photo, anything I had to do as related to the New Jersey Nets or mentioned. And I had to cut out that article. I had to tape them to a piece of paper and then I had to go to the photocopier and I had to make a whole big booklet we called our daily clips. And then I walked around the office and and pretty much uh, handed around to all the VPs. So that was pretty much my primary responsibility uh, when I was an intern with the New Jersey Nets in the PR role. Now, granted, a few things broke my way and that some people who were in the PR department got ill. And so they had me help out with a few other things. Like I got to help run the press conference when the Nets hired John Calipari to be their head coach. The NBA draft was in Secaucus, was in the Meadowlands. So I got to be the NBA's PR representative at the NBA draft. This was the draft where uh, Kerry Kittles was drafted by the Nets and Jermaine O'Neal was drafted by uh, the Portland Trailblazers. There's a lot of great other players. You could look it up the 96 draft and see the amazing teams or players that came out of that. Anyways, my job for the NBA at that job was I was sat at a table with a phone in front of me. And I said, if the phone rings, pick it up and say, NBA PR, how can I help you? They'll ask you a question about a player. You look it up in all these books. Again, this is all way pre-internet and all this stuff. Uh, and then you answer their question. Sat there for four hours. The phone didn't ring once. So that was uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty exciting. Uh, so anyways, fast forward a little bit. Uh, the season's getting close to start. My internship's coming to an end. They asked me if I want to stick around and do another internship. And I was living at home with my folks, so I didn't have any expenses. So I was like, sure. So they moved me over to game operations. And so I fell in with a guy by the name of Joe Bavono, who was the director of game operations for the New Jersey Nets. And, and my first job 
for the New Jersey Nets is that I walked in uh, in the game ops world as he walked in and he had eight VHS tapes of old Godzilla movies. He said, go in the conference room and watch these movies and see if there's any little clips we can play up on the big screen after a missed free throw or a nice shot or something like that. So all of a sudden I go from cutting newspaper articles out of six different newspapers to to watching Godzilla movies in the middle of the conference room. So I'm like, this is pretty fun. So uh, I, got, I did that. We did all sorts of stuff. And then I was the guy that was pretty much in charge of schlepping props on and off the floor uh, during timeouts. And so I got to be right down there in the mix of it all. I, I got to be a sumo, a sumo wrestler. We did sumo wrestling every single game. Uh, so I got to do all sorts of, of fun stuff. Uh, fast forward, did that for about three years, not an internship. I got a job at a small advertising and PR agency in New Jersey, but still did the game nights. Uh, my boss, Joe Bavona, left the Nets. And then a year later, he called me up and said, hey, I need a full-time assistant out here in Portland. Are you interested in moving across the country and working in the NBA for me full-time? So I was like, yeah, of course, let's do it. Uh, so we went out there, but granted, they're like, okay, give, give your two-week notice at your current job. I was about ready to give my two-week notice, and then he calls me up and goes, hold on. The NBA just went into the lockout. This is the lockout of 99. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I can't catch a break, even though I've been catching all these breaks. So, uh, so yeah, I got to hang out in New Jersey for another six months until the NBA figured all that out, but then moved out here in February of 99, uh, and then I've been here ever since. And, you know, as far as doing the stuff on the microphone and whatnot, that was just sort of a, a random random thing back in new jersey we would do proposals like every other team in the league and i would be the guy out there on on the floor with the human mic stand so i'd be standing there awkwardly next to the guy as he gets down on bended knee at center court and so i'm holding the microphone of in front of his face he's doing his whole spiel and then i turn the microphone over to his girlfriend and she gets so emotionally overwhelmed that she can't speak. So I just turned around and said, I don't know, New Jersey looks like a yes to me. What do you think? Should they do it? And then the place goes nuts. And, and then I walk off the floor and my boss says, you should do more of that. And I was like, oh, okay. So then just started doing little things here and there. And then when I came out to Portland, they had a in arena MC uh, by the name of Jerry Moss, who's a fantastic human being, if you haven't had a chance to get to know him. But uh, he was doing it for about a year. So my first year, we sort of co-hosted at the same time. And then he moved on and was doing more event stuff. And I just got to start doing it. So it's been it's been a ride. It's been so much fun, though. That That's for sure. But that's, you know, that's just a small part of what it is that I do. I'm the director of game yeah. operations and events. So when I'm not on the floor, I'm sort of sitting up at the top of Section 112 and I'm directing everything else. I'm calling for videos. I'm calling for music. I'm making sure the dancers are in the right place. I'm cueing Mark Mason, uh, all that stuff. So there's there's tons of things that are going on uh, throughout the course of the game. And me being on the microphone on, on the court, that's just maybe 10% of what it is that I'm doing on a game day. But that's the fun part for sure. Super cool. Yeah. Tell you mentioned all those proposals. I have yeah. to ask because... Yeah. The first thing that came to mind is, okay, well, this is very cool. Todd gets to be a part of this moment, get the crowd fired up. You ever witness just like a flat no? Uh, just like a know, flat no? Well, not a flat no, but uh, one one where she said yes, but with apprehension. And then as we walk off the court and we're in the corner, then the real discussions happen. Like, I can't believe you did this here in front of this. What do you expect me to say? And that's when you just sort of pat him on the back, say, 
okay, you guys know how to get back to your seats and you sort of <laughs> sulk away back into the shadows, but you sort of peer around the corner to make sure. Uh, so we, we've had that, um, you know, we've done a few uh, proposals here in Portland. I think, I don't know, it just it doesn't seem, no, it doesn't seem genuine sometimes. So we try to limit limit it to uh, zero. We haven't done any in a few different few different years, but uh, you know, I think if there's a spot for it, we'll we'll bring it back. But it just, I don't. We don't need to do one every single game. Yeah, because I mean, you probably get people. I don't know, maybe just kind of faking it to get yeah. some attention or whatever. I mean, that I, you mm. must come across that all the time. Yeah. Well, the best is like. We get the calls like, all right, I got this great idea. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but this is my great idea. I come out onto the court and I don't know, maybe Damian Lillard or CJ will walk over during a timeout and they'll help me with this proposal. Like, okay, no, we can't do any of that. Uh, you know, but people are enthusiastic and they want to involve the trailblazers into their big moments in their life. And so anything we can do to support that, we're all for it, but within reason. You know, obviously we can't ask the players to participate in anything like that. And and I think <laughs> we we did we we did we did do proposals, like I said, a couple of times uh over the course of the years. And every time you do it, the reaction seems to get less and less. So we want all of our moments to be big moments. And if we do something every single game, then it becomes expected. And then it's not a big moment for our fans or for the couple that's getting engaged. So we found some unique ways. We'll have Blaze deliver the ring, but not on camera. So it's unique to just them and maybe the people sitting around them. And 20,000 people don't need to get involved. That's cool. Yeah, I was thinking about that. The uh, like the thing with the radio stations where all of that is, is faked, you know, mm-hmm. how all of that interaction on. And it's like. Hmm, I wonder if people are just doing that for, you know, well, for the and, proposals. Yeah, yeah, and I will say we, there are a few different teams around the league that use plants for some of yeah. their stuff. I'm not going to mention names because, and they're super fun. Uh, you know, they go out and get uh, people from improv classes and they fill up a section during a dark day and they film all of their bits and they intersperse it during uh, real games. And it's hard to tell. I I just think that is you know, it's a live event. So let's let the live people live in the moment and you never know what's going to happen. And that's the beauty of sports and going to a sporting event is that sometimes things are going to be great. Sometimes things are not going to be great. And how do you react and respond to that uh, is really what sets your show apart. And, and I think we do a pretty good job just by being real and letting our fans have a major stake in what it is we do inside the arena. Absolutely. No proposals at, uh, Walker Stadium just yet, which I kind of think that's for the best. I don't know. I don't know if we need to be. I don't know. Walker Stadium. I'd be kind of. Could well, you now, handle that? Now the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. I could handle it. Yeah, I'd, I'd. I'd love to be it. I mean, I. I asked my. I asked my first wife to marry me at Fenway Park during. Uh, during uh, whatever that song is that we sing every week. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. That's the one. That's the one. It made that big of an impression on you. You're checked out by the eighth inning anyway. Well, there's a reason why she's my first wife. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you got engaged at a sporting event. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bad move. It's a bad move on my part. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. You know, people were happy for us. It was nice. It was a nice moment. Um, So you came out to Walker Stadium last Mm -hmm. week for Blazer Night. Have you been to Pickles Games? Yeah, we did pickle. We did Blazer Night. I think back in 2019, before COVID hit. So this was actually my second foray out to uh, Walker Stadium, and 
you know, I just, it's just a blast. You guys do a great job. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's convenient. You know, I think that's one of the things that's super cool is, uh, it's accessible. You, you don't have to drive or sit in tons of traffic to get there. It's, it's reasonable as far as expense. And, you know, you guys put on a great show. There's something going on. If you want to walk around and check out the park, I know you've added those new, uh, picnic seats out behind the uh, outfield mm -hmm. fence. So I think that's super cool. If you want to walk around and sort of make it more of a social moment and, and not focus so much on the baseball, uh, there's things to do for that. You've got some great food. And anytime you can sit outside in a Portland park and drink some beer and watch some baseball, life is good. Something for everybody. That's right. That's what we try to, that's what we try to do. Absolutely. No. And I think, you know, and there's some there's some quality baseball players that are coming through there, both on the pickles and for the teams that you're playing. You never know who you're going to yeah. see on their way up or or getting themselves back together and all that. So I think that's exciting, too. And even, you know, when I was there, they were playing the Corvallis Knights. There's a lot of local kids uh, who were mm -hmm. playing for the Corvallis Knights. So it was kind of neat to be sitting in the stadium and hearing some names uh, over the loudspeakers that I had heard when I was going through the uh, the realms of uh, Wilshire Park Little League, uh, coaching my son and all that stuff. So just being able to hear some some familiar names and see them, watch them as they go through is kind of cool too. That yeah. is super cool. Todd, you referenced working for the Blazers as a show, and that's the way Jeremiah and I talk about working the Pickles game together. It's you're putting on a show for people. And I'm curious because I think either way you look at it, could be from this perspective. Do you find it more difficult when the game is going really well to not interject yourself into it or when the game is going really poorly to not overdo it? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think it's a it's, great it, question. It is. It, it's a, and you have to walk so that tightrope, uh, you know, all the time because the last thing we want to do is have our stuff get in the way of the game because no one's coming to see game operations. No one's going to buy a ticket to come see the game operations. Now they, we may help them buy their second ticket, but that first ticket, they're there to see the game. So we don't ever want to get in the way of the game. So that is a great question. So what we've tried to do at the trailblazers is, is just try to weave ourselves in sort of naturally. Um, you know, there's definitely breaks throughout the course of our game. You guys have inning breaks. So there's expecting, uh, entertainment and something to be going on because we all live in this ADD society right now where there's got to be something going on. Uh, so we try to fill that gap a little bit, but we don't ever want to be too over the top. We don't ever want to be uh, take away from the action that's going on the floor. You know, it drives me crazy a little bit. I've sit at home, unfortunately, now watching the NBA playoffs and I hear PA announcers and in arena hosts yelling over game action, yelling at fans, you know, make noise or get on your feet, get loud. Now we may do that coming out of a timeout, but once the ball is inbounded, you know, and thankfully Portland, we don't need to uh, hammer at our fans all that much. They make noise when they, they know. know they exactly, they know. Uh, so that's the beauty too, is trying to be careful of that too. We don't ever want to be like that old cartoon character. Like here's my little friend. I'm going to rub him and love him and call him George. And then I crush him like of, of you know, mice and men and whatnot. So I, we certainly don't want to step on the environment, but we're there to enhance it. So now I've been there 
where we've done really well, Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago. And even in my first couple of years, we were in the Western Conference Finals. And that's great because the expectation is everything's bigger. You know, everything is the expectation is that we're going to win. And so you don't really have to worry too much about the basketball side carrying that side of the entertainment. So you have to sort of play catch up. And during your timeouts, make sure that entertainment level is on par with the basketball. I've also been there when we won 22 games one year, right? So uh, that is where the basketball maybe is not so great. But that instead of being like, well, we can just mail it in. This is our opportunity to try some new things and, and throw as much crap against the wall and see what sticks and, and have some fun. But at the end of the day, whether we're winning or we're losing, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously because our job is entertainment. And if we're not having fun doing what we're there to do, no one's going to have fun watching what it is that we do. So I just try to go out there and have as much fun as I possibly can every single time out uh, whenever given the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're still trying to figure out the balance of for ourselves. Um, and we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're putting on a show and we, we have a great time. We, uh, we got to wrap this up. I appreciate you coming on. Um, blazer Todd Bosma. (laughs) You got it, bud. Anytime, man, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Check it out. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Hope to see you out of Walker stadium again. I look forward to it. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks Todd. Appreciate your time, man. You got it. Have a good one. Let's go, Pickles! Let's go, Pickles! Let's go, Pickles! Let's go, Pickles! Now, have you looked at this? At WRC Plus? No, okay. I didn't look at it because I want you to explain it to me. That's the problem. I can't. And that's Inside Inside Baseball for this edition. Hey, welcome everybody. <laughs> inside Inside Baseball. So I sent you a couple links here, Joe yeah. Simons. Weighted Runs Created Plus. WRC Plus. Now you understand like war. Do you understand war? Yeah, what is it good is for? The, uh, war. Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> wins over replacement? Wins above wins, replacement? Wins above replacement, right. yes. So that is a metric, and this is a similar metric. This is basically if you let the people that invented Excel from Microsoft create a baseball formula. You bunch of nerds. This very, very next level. And so I'll give you the rundown of what it means. Weighted runs created plus. WRC takes the statistic runs created and adjusts the number to account for important external factors like ballpark or era. It's adjusted so a WRC plus of 100 is the average. And then basically, so it's like that's par and then anything above or under. So 150 would be 50% above the league average. Got it. A player plays his home games in a hitter-friendly Coors Field uh, will have a lower WRC plus than a player who posts identical stats. So they take your stats, they put it in this formula, and the formula is here. Did you read it? I'm looking at it now, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I consider myself to be a sportsy guy, but my goodness, yeah. this is um, it's a lot. Ball fa- ballpark factor times league runs per PA. 
league WRC per plate appearance, not including pitchers, times 100. Why is it useful? WRC plus quantifies run creation and normalizes it. So we can compare players who play in different ballparks and even different eras. So I like the fact that, so Jeremiah is taking this from the MLB website and they knew that like, all right, look, Jake, we really appreciate the fact that you put this definition and formula on the website. You're going to have to tell people why they should care about this because on its surface, it seems crazy and unnecessary. Yes. It sort of is. I mean, there's so much, there's so many, so looking at this formula, just the formula itself, and I mean, I'm a guy, you work in a, in a, in an industry where you use Excel, right? You can, you can write an Excel formula. Sure. You could could return a value. You could do a V lookup, right? Table. Let's go. Yes. But then I look at this and I'm just. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, all of this under AL or NL WRC divided by PA excluding pitchers. Well, I don't want to PA. I'm not seeing P- what PA Pla- is. Plate appearances. Plate appearances. There you go. I don't want to pull at this sweater too much, but. Well, this is inside inside baseball. Okay. Well, I the mean... existence of weighted runs created presupposes that I understand what runs created by itself means. I assume that must yes. be like walks, hits, reaching base on a fielder's choice. Anything you're doing to create a run in some way, shape, or form obviously sacrifices hitting a home run. All My assumption is all of those things contribute to runs created. Then you're weighting it over eras, which I sort of understand because I know how people like to try to compare people from different eras, especially in baseball, because you have like literally over 100 years of statistics that you can do that with. Yes. Don't necessarily even know if I need a formula to tell me that like Mike Trout is better in Philadelphia than Hannes Wagner. Like, is that is that useful information? Maybe to some people. Well, I not think a priority that, in my life is all. I'm I think it's important to managers. I think it's important to scouts. I mean, there is there is an application for this, but as for the casual fan, no, it so is I'm not, not the target demo. Is what you're trying to say? Absolutely. Very I'm fair just, point. Very fair. I'm point. just trying to shine yeah. a light on the fact that these sort of things do exist mm-hmm. and all of these like kind of this alphabet soup of like WOBA which is weighted on base average and you know like the left-handed first pitch strikes that kind of stuff right and so runs created which is not WRC plus that's just our it's just the WRC is they instead of looking at a player's line and listing out all the details, the information is synthesized into one metric in order to say player X was worth 24 runs on his team last year. So it's the home runs, bases on balls, strikeouts, all of it synthesized into one thing. Okay. I'm and with then, you. I'm with you. And then a guy named Tom Tango. Stop took, it. That's a real name. Tom Tango. He took WRC and added the WRC plus, which is weighted runs created plus how a player's WRC compares with league average 
after controlling for park effects, league average for position players is 100, and every point above 100 is a percentage point above league average. So Dr. Thomas Tango saw yep. weighted runs created, and he's like, you know what, guys? I can make this wackier. I'm going to pull a plus on the end of it, mm-hmm. then we're really going to get down into it. Mm-hmm. Similar to OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Because OPS wasn't enough. We needed to know if OPS, if it, you know, you factored in weather, ballpark, how many hot dogs they ate that day. How I, how are we going to know without these formulas, Joseph? Like, I generally know what slugging percentage means. And I feel like that's the most complicated I want to get with my baseball stats. Like, everything below that, as far as, like, a knowledge is concerned, I feel okay with. Like... This is very cool, and you're right, useful to a lot, just not Joe Simons. Well, this is what people come to Inside Inside Baseball for. They want to know. I love this segment. They want to know what this stuff means. And now now I think they sort of know. I was going to say, do they now? (laughs) They know what the letters stand for. Weighted runs created. You got to wait that runs created. It can't just be regular runs created. Mm-hmm. And it and you know, and if it sounds similar to weighted runs above average or batting runs, that's a good thing. WRAA is simply WRAC with league average scaled to zero. Well, batting runs in the park and league adjusted version of WRAA. I mean, it's just that simple, Joe. W WRAA just <laughs> I'm literally reading it, and uh, it still doesn't make any sense to me. No. And it does. It sounds like someone who needs to go to a twelve-step program for something very complicated. It's like, oh, did you hear about? Did you hear about Bob? W R A. It's going to W R A. Yeah, it's a problem. He's got weighted runs, and he needs to talk to somebody <laughs> about. <laughs> it's fun. It's inside inside baseball, and folks love uh, it. Before we break out for the schedule. Did you see the viral video of Dizzy Bat? I did. Did you see that? that I was did. A, that was an engaged couple, Gus and Grace. Grace, so we had the crazy wheel. People were spinning the crazy wheel to win prizes. Uh-huh. And one of the prizes was to throw the first pitch. Oh. And Grace won. And she was a trooper. She was like, she rolled with it. was like, I guess I'm throwing out the first pitch. She went down to the dugout. She started stretching. She started doing, you know, like... uh doing her calisthenics, and she went out, she threw a strike, and then before you know it, they were like, oh, they're going to, her fiancé's here, they're going to do Dizzy Bat. So they they both did exactly 10 spins at the same time. If you haven't seen the video, go to the the social media and watch it. She tabletops this guy. And it's it literally looks like uh you know like when there's an interception in an in the NFL and a wide receiver is trying to make a tackle. Well, it is insane. And they were both fine. They were like, oh yeah, we're great. Oh, yeah, we're great. Well, I saw that the picks tagged you know Brutal. Rex Chapman on the old tweets, and Chapman pointed out something I didn't even see that the very very tail end of the video after Grace gets the old right ankle taken out to start. She like it looks like almost rolls her left ankle, kind of falling into the dugout. So she does, yeah. She took a spill into the dugout. Man, yeah. that's an eventful night. Good, good on oh. both of them. Oh, it gets better. Gus wins the pickle juice drinking contest in the fifth. I'm like, you guys, 
You guys live here now. They're everywhere. You're the king and queen of Walker Stadium. Retire their number. Insane. What a night. And then they were both just out front, and I was like, dude, you guys, I love you. I want to clean you up and raise you as my own. They were amazing. You're going to be Shout there. Shout out to host honorary mention. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your host family. Honorary mention for pickle of the week. Yeah. That could be the first ever non pickle to be pickle of the week. Grace and Gus. Gus and Grace. If you're listening, congratulations. Come get uh, engaged at Walker Stadium. I'll have Todd Bosma there to uh, <laughs> narrate it. All right, buddy. I love you, man. All right, bro. Have a good night. I'll see you on fr- Friday. Let's go, Pickles. Let's go, Pickles. Can, I can do a fictitious pickle. That is this week's show, everyone. Hope to see you out at the walk. This weekend got big games against the Rosebuds, Gray Wolves, Gherkins, Firework Night, 4th of July. Come celebrate. Baseball, nothing better. If you like the pod, be sure to like and subscribe. You can also follow along brinetime underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at brinetime503 at gmail.com. want to thank Marimba Mike for the intro music, Dusty Fox for the outro music, special guest co-host Joe Simons. Another quick shout out to our sponsors, Crack and Strength and House Wine. Um, I was able to do some upgrades, if you hadn't noticed. Brand new microphone in the studio, thanks to some of the support from House Wine. And then uh, Crack and Strength, I'm, I'm going to CrossFit classes three times a week. So really appreciate the support from the sponsors. I hope folks that listen to the show will support the people that support us. Thank you, guys. We love you, Pickle Nation. Catch you next week on Brian Time. Also, Art Howe, is it possible that you're just a dick? Yeah, Art Howe. Have Instead you of this guy just making you look, look like Look at the mirror on and not the TV screen. Yeah. Uh, light the spark out at Lens Park. Cracking wooden bats, slapping, illuminating the dark. Popcorn, sunflower seeds, PDX and North Precious in the West Coast League. Yeah, Portland. Never known to be fickle. Deep in Southeast, that's the home of the pickles. Brian Time. Home of the pickles. Brian Time. Brian Time. That's the home of the pickles.